0: Had enough of working from home? Looking for a comfortable, friendly and professional workspace
1: where you can focus and be your most productive self? Castlemaine Coworking offers flexible work options
0: from a day a week to full time with reliable internet,
1: a spacious kitchen,
0: meeting spaces and a monitor on every desk.
1: Book your free trial today
0: at castlemainecoworking.com.au
1: Main FM sponsor. Are you living with a disability and need support? Contact Castlemain Support Services for qualified in-home or community-based assistance and respite care. Also available environmental services, including house and yard cleanups and carpet cleaning. Visit CastlemainSupport.com.au for more information. Castlemaine Support Services, Main FM sponsor.
2: Down to Earth, 7 p.m. Tuesday. On Community Radio 94.9 Main FM. Bad news and good news on the environment and social justice. We're all in this together.
3: Hi, I'm Marie Edwards, your State Member of Parliament for Bendigo West. Castlemaine and District, including Campbell's Creek, Newstead, Maldon, Teuton and Harcourt are important parts of my electorate. If you have any questions or anything you wish to discuss that concerns the State Government, I am here to help. Please phone 5410 for an appointment. Spoken and authorised by M. Edwards, 16 Lockwood Road Kangaroo Flat, funded from Parliamentary Budget. Marie Edwards, supporting Main FM. I like to
4: move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Moving can be
3: stressful, but at Stressless Moves, we move your belongings like they're our own and can professionally pack and unpack your cartons. Stressless Moves offers door to door service locally or interstate. We do a weekly run to Melbourne with single items or a whole truckload. Leave the stress of moving to us. Call Jessica or Donna on 0427 046 001 for an obligation free quote on your next move. StresslessMoves.com.au, a proud sponsor of Main FM. Him.
5: The Quiet Carriage, the show about books and their authors, with your host, Paul J. Laverty, and sponsored by Castlemaine's signature bookstore, Stoneman's Book Room. Broadcast on 94.9 Main FM and across the nation on the Community Radio Network. All aboard. Welcome to the Quiet Carriage, coming to you all the way from Jar Jar Wurong Country on 94.9 Main FM and the Community Radio Network. But today, however, we're going to take a step back into Noorabuja Country in Margaret River. Southwest Western Australia, for a little bonus episode from the coverage we brought to you from the Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival. Uh, This will be the last one from the festival, and our focus today is going to be on poetry. Later, we'll hear from poets Evelyn Araluen and Maddie Godfrey, but first, we're going to hear poetry from, and we're going to speak to, Emily Sun. Emily Sun is a writer, poet, and educator who grew up in Wajuk, Noongar country, Perth, Western Australia. She has published in various anthologies and journals, including Cordite Poetry Review, Australian Poetry Journal, Mean Gin, Mascara Literary Review, and Westerly. In 2018 and 2019, she was the recipient of fellowships at the Catherine Susannah Pritchard Writers' Centre and the Centre for Stories. Emily was also the runner-up in the National Deborah Cass Writing Prize in 2018. Emily has taught English and literature in the secondary and tertiary education sectors. She holds an MA in English and Creative Arts and is currently a PhD candidate at the University of Western Australia. Vociferate is her debut poetry collection. emily son. we don't get too many poets on the show, so... Thank you so much for joining us today on the Quiet Carriage.
0: Oh, thank you for having me.
5: How have you enjoyed the festival so far?
0: Um, it's been great. It's my first festival, so um, yeah, I'm a festival virgin. So that's great. Yeah, it's just been really wonderful, and yeah, yeah, and everyone's really supportive. And I mean, it's such a wonderful. F- first because i just came over from the green room and it's like real soup Uh, yeah i know the food's been great and (laughs) if i'd known earlier that yeah it was always here i probably would have eaten all my meals here
5: (laughs) yeah i know you're not the first guest on the show who's mentioned the soup oh really it's fantastic yeah and i heard
0: it's the guy who makes the soup kitchen
5: right yeah. yeah yeah I know. You mean everyone seems so happy today. I think it's because we haven't had book festivals in a little while across oh, the nation. But I think everyone. This didn't so happen last year. No, oh, you because of COVID. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think everyone's just so happy that there hasn't been an outbreak and we're here and we can actually do this. So yeah, it's been good. <laughs> so fingers crossed. That's us from now on in, and this is us returning to the new normal.
0: Mm.
5: Your new normal is you've got a book out. Coming yes, out. Yes, coming June out. 1.
0: And um, supposed to come out earlier, but because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, good old COVID, it's been delayed for, a, yeah, it's delayed, so mm-hmm. um, it's supposed to come out February, but so it's not that mm-hmm. far delayed. That's okay. It's okay. not like I've Marvel movies, which have been, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still waiting for Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got Loki coming up to fill in the blanks.
5: There's a, there's a lot of horror stories out there in the arts yeah. because of COVID. So, your uh, collection is called Vociferate?
0: Uh, yep, it's actually called Vociferate Yong. The Chinese character oh, is yes. Yong. And yep. it's, um, well, vociferate, as most people know, it's to complain or shout vehemently, mm-hmm. to protest. And Yong is actually um, the Chinese word, I'm oh, sorry, the verb, well, it is a verb, word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for um, to chant, to sing. Um, or to hum poetry Mm -hmm. because that's just how it was recited um, Mm -hmm. back in ancient China. But it's also my real name, so Mm -hmm. one that I haven't really had a chance to use um, because I came here to Australia and before that England in the 80s when um, I guess you just gave people new names, so... Yeah. And um so my sister was reading Wuthering Heights at the time and mm-hmm. so she got to name me Emily because she's Great. 6 years older and so she got to name me whatever she wow, wanted to name yeah. me. Yeah. Emily. Right. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah, so I have two very literary names. <laughs> yes.
5: Great. And it's out uh June 1 via Fremantle Press. Yeah. Um, could you give us a reading of one of the poems and tell us a little bit about it?
0: Okay. Well, I've decided to read a poem called Culinary Interpretations and kind of riffing off that whole um, Emily name in Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. I wrote it because um, a while ago when I was in a writing group, um, one of the readers, um, or oh, was it a reading group? Well, I'll give you provide some more context. Mm-hmm. Um, so many years ago, when I was first started this writing journey, I was in New Zealand where I had the opportunity to take a really awesome summer writing fiction workshop that mm-hmm. was run by the Iowa school people. So I was really lucky to get into that. Right. And that was such a great experience. And we would sit around and critique kind of existing novels and then each other's work. That's how those MFA programs work. And um, there was one reader there of a Jumpa Lahiri short story. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, oh, why is there just so much food in like, Asian narratives? And I think my response <laughs> then was, well, Asian people have to eat too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so I guess this sort of came out of that comment. Um, and I was thinking about that. And um, so, that, yeah, this is my inter- culinary interpretation of Wuthering Heights wonderful okay culinary interpretations there is rage passion misery misogyny abuse misery unbalanced diet in a gloomy landscape heather the moors warm wine and gingerbread heating spices cake cold wine sugar candy more wine crusts remnants of breakfast goose bread sits on the table for an hour. Milk, water and gruel tea, more crust, sugar and milk, leads to poor gut health, too little serotonin production. Joseph ate well, toasted oat cake and a quarter of ale. He survived the story. Heathcliff was a lost Chinese princeling, good with money, took over two properties. He looked like an angry Keanu Reeves. If only Nellie were more experimental with her cooking, if only the English liked rice as much as they like tea, complex carbohydrates regulate your moods. Tragedy could have been avoided had the promise of apples been fulfilled.
5: Wonderful. I like the line, angry Ke- Keanu Reeves, really <laughs> paints a picture
0: in my mind. <laughs> it's,
5: it's a big question I'm going to throw at you, but why poetry?
0: Well, that's a really interesting question because i Probably wouldn't have thought even eighteen months ago that my first book would be poetry because I was actually trying to write um, prose fiction and a collection of short fiction, and I turned to poetry just as a way to loosen up my writing because I was also studying and writing a thesis, like a sociology type paper, mm-hmm. and I realized that my writing had become so terse, like, and I lost my creativity and. Poetry was a way back in, but also because I find that in poetry um, there's just mo- more room for experimentation and sounds and and um, more ambiguity and you don't mm. have to be so explicit and there's more room for interpretation and I guess it's also the sound and mostly I would say it's just the way you can express those ineffable feelings that you... Well, I, I'm sure some people can, but I find it easier in poetry than in mm, prose.
5: Yeah, and do you think you'll return to prose? Are you still writing prose?
0: Well, I am now because then I got to a point where I just needed a break from poetry. I still write it, but with my second collection, I think I wasn't having so much fun with it, so I've gone back to mm. prose, but I moved between projects. And at the moment, I could end up writing something that's more experimental so I think poetry has helped me kind of be less rigid in my thinking of genres and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. it's just a more freeing form I find.
5: Mm -hmm. And what are the themes and subject matter that um, inspire you as a poet apart from Keanu Reeves?
0: Oh yeah Keanu (laughs) isn't everyone a Keanu fan? (laughs) Yeah I was in the session earlier yeah. and everyone laughed when I said Keanu Reeves when yeah. um, Maddie asked about obsessions but not everyone agreed I think when I said oh but his acting's not that great. I would uh, agree. You agree and agree. what about your wife Anna? Yeah. No no love you love him? <laughs> All right, yeah. um, sorry now I've gone off track because I'm obsessing. We're about. We're on track tra- yeah tra- well we'll, Keanu, we'll leave Keanu. Yeah, what, yeah we'll leave other, him. Um-
5: <laughs> What, are the, what inspires you as a poet? Oh, that the was subjects? right. Yeah. Um,
0: well, with this collection, because I guess with most people's debut collections, it is more personal. Um, but for me especially, I guess being a, I guess here I'm an Asian Australian writer, and I guess what I was trying to do was trying to create a space for myself, because um, it's always been quite a challenge with the whole positionality thing where to position myself not only as a writer but where I am as an Australian. So I was born in Hong Kong and Mm -hmm. then I moved to England when I was three Mm -hmm. and then by the time I was eight I came over here to Australia and um, what I didn't realise at the time was that Australia (laughs) had only within the last six or seven years officially ended the white Australian policy and of course growing up you're not told about these things and it was still... I think, taboo. I mean, it's still even taboo now, but I think if someone had told me that, Mm -hmm. I would have understood the dynamics around me. Because, um, yeah, we left England because I remember my dad saying that in England we couldn't be English, but if we came to Australia, um, because it's a multicultural nation, Mm -hmm. we could be Australian. And um, at that time in the 80s, there was a white supremacist group with Asian Mm. out posters posted across town. And even though I grew up on an estate in England, out next to skinheads and <laughs> National Front people, I just didn't feel that level of anxiety or... Um, wow. I wasn't as aware. Maybe I was too young, but I never had that um, concept of race until I got to Australia. Because the interesting thing about England, and I know you're from from scotland you're from scotland sorry yeah
5: yeah Yeah. big difference no i've spent a lot of time i've lived in england oh okay and And so
0: back then um because my parents were migrant workers um all the migrant workers hung out together Mm -hmm. so it was really different like all the spanish and we called them continental europeans and Mm -hmm. irish um had a different concept so it was sort of like uh we're the migrant workers and then you've got the english people so in my mind like Things were just arranged really differently, Mm -hmm. but then of course, coming to Australia, um, it's just really different. Like, and especially with the anti-Asian sentiments of the time, where I when I came, Mm -hmm. um, very confusing times. I suppose I am, yeah, I'm really shaped by that. And I guess these uh, early experiences have me writing such poems, Mm -hmm. even though it's not just about, you know, race and identity, I think I really needed to write this before I could move on to Mm -hmm. other projects.
5: Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Mm. Would you mind reading us another poem from the collection?
0: Yeah. um, Could I read one that I've read before? I don't know whether you have time for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, This is called National Treasures Coming Home. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, this has no Keanu Reeves in it. Damn. Although I, you know, if this book does well, maybe I'll do a second collection <laughs> dedicated to Keanu. Please Although do. I've heard his girlfriend <laughs> is also a publisher so of poetry. So maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. No, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, this one's called National Treasures Coming Home. And this came about because I read a GQ article um, about how... After, um, I guess, when China recovered, there are all these people going back, going to museums and, you know, kind of getting uh, museum stuff back from, Mm -hmm. you know, where they've gone. Mm -hmm. And um, so I found that really interesting because even though um, I'm second generation diasporic Chinese, which means it's been like over 100 years since my grandparents were from Mm -hmm. China, like I just... I don't know, it's the title of it that made me think about things because, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just a really cool title that, you know, made me write this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's called National Treasures Coming Home. My boss, the head nurse, says she has a collection of Ming Dynasty crockery, Qing Dynasty snuff bottles and a Shanghai bronze tripod vase, always filled with fresh pomegranate's Looted from her ancestors or bought at Sotheby's for all the tea in China. I'm the poor cousin, the others got more. Come for dinner and you'll see them all. I disliked her then and I dislike her now. But it's Queen Victoria, I should gun tao yen. Throw rotten eggs and spray four bandits on the pedestal where she sits in the park at the end of Great George Street. luti was a Pekingese, say it in Cantonese, gull It is my boss, not Victoria, who wants me to eat beef stroganoff and polenta. Off my ancestors' plate, sniff the popuri she's placed in rhinoceros-shelled lined bottles, translate the inked poems about ancient fish, and explain why the toad has red eyes, flared nose, and only three legs. For dessert, she will make a pavlova in her new Bosch oven with fresh cherries seconds from local farms. I usually pay to admire stolen goods encased in glass cabinets, national treasures and ancient clays I cannot afford to buy. I've seen the Egyptian treasures excavated by the men who live in Downton Abbey. Your Chinese mouth would not touch these Chinese treasures had we not salvaged history back to Portsmouth. Look what happened to the temple at Baal the giant Buddhas of Bamiyan. We have an understanding, she and I. I order pens, papers, ink, cartridges and pantry supplies, soaps, malted milk and chocolate biscuits for children who attend our geriatric clinics. I add two extra boxes of tampons for the patients, of course. I nod when she says people should pay for their health care because she gives me hour-long lunch breaks and calls me good girl, so I say I will come to dinner. I will see if Russian gravy tastes better on centuries old porcelain plates patterned by cobalt manganese and ingest the same trace elements as the imperial court nobles who ate Thai of their crockery fresh out of the kiln. But my cousin says that our people were peasants who woke too early to pick grains of rice, or maybe it was wheat with our hands. We were foreign to the forbidden city. I ask him what I should wear to a meal with the descendants of drug dealers who poisoned a nation with opioids, rendered it sick, too yellow and diseased to walk in leafy green meadows when I could not cure their addiction to yamcha. He says, I will lend you my vest cut from the uniform of a Song Dynasty eunuch. It does not fit me, but it will indeed fit you. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps.
5: Wonderful. So that was National Treasures, yeah, coming, coming home, home by Emily Sun. And it's from the book Vociferate Sun, is that correct? Young. Vociferate <laughs> Young, I know, via Fremantle Press. Thank you so much for coming in today. Oh,
0: thank you for having me. On the
5: choir coach and enjoy the rest of the festival. I will do. And if I can put you on the spot, okay. would you like to select a song that we can go out on?
0: Maybe Tender by Blur?
5: Wonderful choice. My favourite
0: blur song.
5: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. and now on the quiet carriage i'm joined by two poets evelyn araluen evelyn araluen is a guri kuri poet researcher and co-editor of overland literary journal and her book drop bear is i don't know book or we'll call it a collection we can call it whatever we okay it's okay. really? so here it looks like a book but we'll go it with takes collection. the
3: physical book form but in truth it is actually a microwave
5: Right, yeah, that makes sense. Magnum. Uh, (laughs) And Maddie Godfrey. Maddie Godfrey Mm. is a writer and educator who has performed poetry at the Sydney Opera House, the Royal Albert Hall, St. Paul's Cathedral, and Glastonbury Festival. There you go. Maddie's debut collection, How to Be Held, is a manifesto to tenderness. How are you going?
6: Yeah, good. Good. We just had a panel, Mm. so we're good.
5: What panel was it?
6: Ooh, Poetic Worlds?
3: Mm. Yeah, that's right. definitely that's definitely what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poetic Worlds.
5: And how's the festival been going for you both?
3: Pretty good, I'd say. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. chill. WA is an interesting experience. I've never been here before. Oh, really? Um, So I'm liking that. You've got a lot of nice birds around here. Yeah. And some great trees. Mm -hmm. So really enjoying that. And the literature. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the birds and the trees are really doing it for me. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of eagles. I've seen quite a lot of eagles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really like that about a place.
5: It's beautiful. I'm noticing it first thing in the morning when I wake Mm. up. Just I've never heard sounds like these. Mm. It's a beautiful part of the world. And you've been, Evelyn, you've been performing as well?
3: Yes. Yeah, reading some poems. Um, unfortunately, no one has taken any interest in my interpretive dance as of yet. <laughs> Hoping that'll come about. But yeah, uh, mostly just reading poems from my book, from Drop Air. Drop out yes.
5: Mm. And Drop out where's that out? Uh, uh,
3: it's with University of Queensland Press. And you can get it at most bookshops mm. at the moment, which is pretty special um and also lots of online places if you like it if you don't like it you don't have to get it
6: just get it and if you don't like it someone you know will Mm. or refund i think you should probably be able to refund it
7: no
3: libraries as well they have it which is great um and also my sister has been hoarding copies so you Mm -hmm. can go to her house and take some of hers
5: well it looks beautiful
3: thank you lovely
5: design would it be okay if you can read us something? I from
3: absolutely it? can read you something from it. I'm I'm okay at reading. I know how to. Um, this is a poem called Index Australis. Straya is a wild, straggly abyss with one fence struck through, a line of tin dogs guarding the coal from the flies. Straya is brown and sharp when you watch it through the car window through the convex humming screen. Strayer in sepia, 35mm, with sweat rolling across a tan, with that thin shirt sticking to skin. Strayer trailing tinfoil through red dirt, on its way to the pool party in the inland sea, the doof in the desert, the biggest, baddest bash since time immemorial. Everyone wants to rave in the oldest earth on earth. No law against that, no laws for nothing in the age of entitlement, in the decolonial Dundee. And well may we say we will decide who and how, well may we be not lectured, and well may we do it slowly. But, Dahl, this is a drama, not a document. Straya is a man's country, and you're here to die lovely against the rock. To fold linenly into horizon And sweat beautiful blonde on the beach Baby, don't you know this is a weeping song And you'd be so beautiful in that brown creek
5: Beautiful indeed Uh, That was Evelyn Araluen there And the poem was called
3: Index Australis."
5: And where can our listeners hear more from you?
3: Um, I a website or? do not have a website. You can stalk me through my work website, which is Overland Literary <laughs> Journal because I, I work there. I'm an editor there. Yes. But I'm also incredibly online yep. on Twitter. <laughs> so at Evelyn Lewin and at unexpected times of day, you can hear anything from, you know, poetry thoughts mm-hmm. to quite complex thoughts about Making ravioli in a kettle in a hotel, which apparently people were not as interested in really? as I thought. Really, jeez. Yeah, I know they did not like that content. Um, but if you think you might like ravioli in a kettle content, I've got just the place for you. I'm on board. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate your support. I'm
6: going to download Twitter now just to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. You put it in the kettle and you boil the kettle. I, d- I still have questions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people <laughs> do, including the hotel. Oh no.
5: And Maddie, you have Hi. your book there. Yeah. The old collection, mm-hmm. rather, which was called
6: How to Be Held.
5: How to Be Held. And it's out via.
6: Um, it was published by Burning Eye Books, they are mm-hmm. a UK publisher, in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a bit of an old book now, but mm-hmm. it's still very close to my heart. Yeah.
5: Wonderful. Have you got anything new coming out?
6: Um, yeah, so I've been working on a collection. Um, it's not locked in yet, but I think. We're going to see it soon-ish. And I'm feeling really proud. of I mean, like, it's hard to toot your own horn, but I'm feeling um, really proud about it. I'm really excited to put new poems into the world after so mm-hmm. long of reading my teenage poems mm-hmm. <laughs> from this book. So, so yeah. could
5: we hear some? Yeah, you some can hear a book? teenage
6: poem. Um, Wonderful. Um, so this is a poem that I wrote while I was a writer-in-residence at St Paul's Cathedral in London a few years ago. Um, and as part of being a writer-in-residence, we got to access the archives. So we got to see these artworks that weren't actually visible to the public because they were uh, put away behind closed doors for various reasons. Um, some of them were being restored or preserved. It's very, you know, it's a very fancy kind of system they have. Um, but when we entered this, you know, locked-door room area, There was a landscape painting of a Mary, of Mary, Mother of Jesus, um, sprayed out uh, naked uh, with peacocks and tigers. And I was so enamored by this. And she was like, she was naked and she was like chubby. And she was like really like awkward and beautiful in a way that I'd never seen before. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen a religious imagery that I felt like was, you know, human in any way wow. or any representation of Mary Mother as anything other than pure and holy and virginal. Um, so I wrote this poem uh, in my phone notes and I ended up in a book. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I won a prize. So, you know, phone note poetry can win prizes. I'll die on that hill. Um, it's called uh, Mary Wants to Sleep with the Painter, but pretends otherwise, with thanks to St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, Mary has crooked toes and a belly full of bread. Mary is tired of people painting her pretty. She is the last mouthful of a home-cooked meal, but this does not mean she is devourable. Mary sings with the silence between bells. She is the aftermath of music, the way dust looks like powdered gold under warm light. Mary is a building that longs to be abandoned, but still stays full with people. She is tired of being strung across the walls of rooms she cannot undress in. Mary is naked, hidden in a stone closet that cannot be seen from the inside or out. Mary has nipples like Jesus. Mary spits into a cloth. It stains the shape of her own face. Mary's lips are sketched silent. Her thighs are torn pages. Her menstrual blood stains red like the Bible. Mary gives birth is only a mother, never again a woman, which is to say, she is a sacrament that cannot be eaten, only admired. The painter tells Mary to put her clothes back on, wipes her lipstick off, says, you must be holy. He does not understand that a woman is a place of worship, even if her womb is empty, even if she speaks in sin. The woman has crooked toes and a belly full of bread someone calls her mary she walks away from them cool thank you
5: wonderful Ooh. that was Ooh. maddie godfrey there with a poem from the collection how to be held yeah i don't know and before that we heard evelyn Araluen with her poem from the collection drop bear both of which are right now thanks so much we're dropping by.
6: Thanks for having us. Yeah. Enjoy the festival. It's great, isn't it? Mm, How much yeah. fun are we having? <laughs> Quite a lot. There is, there Too is much. some really
3: good soup at I was this time. There is. The soup that's something that you don't often get to say about a festival but it is really top quality soup top quality literature and mm-hmm. it's really amazing very <laughs> dynamic excellent writers speaking at excellent mm. panels really well curated mm-hmm. but it does have to go out to the soup that's the star of the well, The soup is also you well reckon? curated yeah.
6: the soup is very well curated <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm gonna eat some soup now actually.
3: <laughs> mm.
5: let's get some soup yeah mm. could you leave us with the song selection a song combined selection. song selection.
6: Combined? No, we've not planned that. Oh, we haven't um, planned that. A song for what? Like, what is there a mood? The that festival. You want? Oh. Can I just recommend the best song
3: in the world in general without necessarily thinking this is most appropriate for the festival, but it's the Waterboy's Hole of the Moon and it is just, you know what makes a really good song? Mm -hmm. A cannonball. Mm. 1812 Overture and the Hole of the Moon have that in common and I think it's important to celebrate that.
5: Let's bring it. Mm. Evelyn (laughs) and Maddie. thank you so much.
6: Thank you. Thank you.
4: no shade of... You know? And his skin is cold Mother! chance with us Come on baby Take a chance with us Come on baby Take a chance with us And meet me at the back of the
5: You are listening to The Quiet Carriage with myself as your host, Paul J. Laverty on 94.9 Main FM and the Community Radio Network. And that track there was The End by The Doors. I thought it was a bit of an apt track because this is our final episode and this is very much the end of us covering Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival for 2021 anyway. A massive thank you once again to Shan Baker and the team involved there and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed putting it all together. We also heard uh, The Hole of the Moon by The Water Boys, and that was a song selection of Evelyn Araluen, whose book Drop Bear we heard from, and she was joined by fellow poet Maddie Godfrey. And before them, Emily Sun was with us, reading from her new collection, out now via Fremantle Press. The track she chose was Tender by Blur. And that is all we have time for today in The Quiet Carriage. A big thank you to all my guests. And please remember, you can hear this episode and all previous ones on Spotify and all good podcast platforms. And I'm across social media under the name Paul J. Laverty. Until next time, keep reading.
3: Theatre Royal, Castlemaine's Loyal Royal membership drive is on. Sign up for exclusive benefits including cinema discounts, early bird specials and much more. Serving dinner five nights a week plus lunch on weekends. Visit theatreroyalcastlemaine.com.au or follow them on socials for all the latest updates. Theatre Royal Castle, Main, Entertaining main FM sponsor. Animus Distillery is the place to go for spirits made with soul. Visit our fabulous cocktail lounge and indulge in our award-winning small-batch gin or choose from our extensive range of local wines, craft beers and ciders. Open seven days a week in Piper Street, Kyneton. Animus Distillery is a luscious sponsor of FM. I love it. Do
1: you love coffee? Do you love tea? Cream Town is a new cafe and arts precinct on Jar Country. Serving Padre coffee and food by Situation Dining, Creamtown acts as a do it together business hub with creative, social and environmental regeneration as its priority. Open from 7am to 3pm, seven days a week, visit Creamtown at 325 Barker Street, Castlemaine or online, cream.town. Creamtown, main FM sponsor. Green Graphics is your local specialist in print and web design offering graphic design services and printing of all shapes and sizes and building just about anything on the web. The team at Green Graphics love to make websites that you can control yourself from big e-commerce sites to single splash pages for micro businesses and anything in between. Located in Castlemaine for over 20 years, check out their website or call 5472-5300. Green Graphics, Main FM sponsor. Bracken Lawyers is a legal practice based in Castlemaine, offering in-depth knowledge of property and commercial law, including finance transactions and advice on guarantees, as well as corporate advisory and company's law. They provide fixed fees and upfront quotes. Ian Bracken has over 20 years' experience in the law, much of this serving the Castlemaine community. Visit BrackenLawyers.com, trusted PlainFM sponsor.
5: The Quiet Carriage, the show about books and authors with your host, Paul J. Laverty, and proudly sponsored by Castlemaine's signature bookstore, Stoneman's Bookroom. Listen to us every Friday from 1 pm on 94.9 Main FM, mainfm.net, and on demand. Just follow the links on our website. The Quiet Carriage, all aboard.
1: Are you living with a disability and need support? Contact Castlemaine Support Services for qualified in-home or community-based assistance and respite care. Also available, environmental services, including house and yard cleanups and carpet cleaning. Visit CastlemainSupport.com.au for more information. Castlemaine Support Services, Main FM sponsor.